Get out your favourite stick of rock because we are back by the sea in Brighton this week. And we are not alone. We are joined by Mike Lash from the Playlist Year podcast discussing whether Royal Blood are overrated and the 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster are underrated. Although technically one of them might not be from Brighton, but from Worthing. Anyway, we get into it, into the podcast. So please enjoy. Oh, hang on. Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? (laughs) Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Il va chance. Over underrated. So, welcome to another episode of Over Underrated with Fran and Babs. How are you doing today, Fran? I'm unemployed for the first time in five years. Hello! <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We're mentioning <laughs> it on the podcast, okay. <laughs> well, that, <that's... laughs> Is this not your job? <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of free time to research podcasts, so it's great for the podcasts. I'm doing it for the audience. That's that's why, right? Yeah, so you can do it full-time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though we don't have a Patreon or any kind of Acast monetizing system, Fran, great financial choice. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. And Babs, how are you doing? I am good, although I've been getting a lot of FOMO because people, I didn't go to many, well, I didn't go to any festivals this year because I had so many trips, so many weddings, and it feels like everyone around me is going to them. So I know that you went to Victoria's, mm-hmm. Fran. I had friends who went to Pukol Pop here in Belgium. I saw people posting about All Points East. So I'm like, right, you know, there's a reason for it. But 2023, definitely, I want to make up for lost time. It was very good, Victoria's. Yeah, and you went to the fringe as well, right? So and I went to the fringe. Exciting. But in in the midst of that, have you been listening to any music? Yeah, so I've been listening to my all-time favorite band or artist, uh, Billy Idol. And <laughs> I'm not <laughs> I like two Is Billy it? Idol songs. I like two okay. Billy Idol songs. Um randomly I, I came across this new single called Cage with him and his guitar player Steven Stevens, I believe. And it's brilliant. And oh. I did not expect to like a Billy Idol song in 2022. Wow. Check it out, guys. It's a, a post-punk anthem. He's still looking good. He's, He's 66 still... years old and has hair somehow. Well, you know, there, there are ways. There is Turkey as a country. Uh, <laughs> I have had some random discoveries this week. So I discovered a Portuguese band called Dej Mil Rusuj, which means 10,000 mm-hmm. Russians. And they're kind of very psychedelic you know, check out my homeland, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I've rediscovered that, I think I've mentioned them on the podcast before, there's a Swedish band called Fuse, F-E-W-S. Yeah. And they have two incredibly solid albums that I kind of, this is the problem with kind of, yeah, 21st century. I know the albums very well, but I find it difficult to pick out songs. You know, I've never kind of sat down with them. But every time I put them on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. And I, I should check them out more, but... Um, Alas, I, I haven't really done that. I should. And we are not alone today. We are not alone. We no. have a ghost. No, we have <laughs> we have a proper person. <laughs> a proper person? Thanks. A proper person. That's the best intro not I've had. <laughs> uh, so welcome to the podcast, Mike Lash. Hello. Thanks for having me. You are very welcome. What music have you been listening to, Mike? Um, well, a lot of Royal Blood and 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster, no. funnily enough. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does happen, doesn't it? When uh, I, I the, before every podcast, I have to be like, "What other music have I been listening <laughs> yeah. to?" I have to remember this for for the podcast. Um, and actually, we recorded the last episode last week, and I really haven't been listening to that much new music since then. But uh, are you are you someone who's a bit kind of stuck in the past, past Mike, or are you 
also down with the kids and and listen to the new Billy Idol song. <laughs> I not, I'm I not listened to any Billy Idol for a while. Um, I, I I just listen to the radio most a lot of the times, sort or of six music, and then I'll sort of stick a track that I haven't heard on one of my playlists, and then listen to those playlists at certain points. So yeah, it's, I, I sometimes try and delve into a, a new band, but normally it's like oh, I listen to maybe the singles or or the half an album and realize i'm too old for new music so obviously playlists are very important to you because you're from the playlist yeah podcast we've had your co-host kerry mitchell on before what's your what's your attitude to playlists like do you do you like to do them thematically or by name by vibe i i have only sort of six playlists and they're normally they're mostly kind of genre based i have like my heavy playlist my kind of cheesy pop playlist a kind of electro poppy cool modern-ish playlist it's hard to it's, oh, it's very much from... if you describe it it's cool it must be very oh, cool. absolutely that's probably not um and what else do I have uh, an indie playlist that's actually quite new but it's just now one of the biggest because I've been listening to indie since for about 20 years uh which is just yeah everything that's fairly straight down the road in the um uh, oh, and a sort of a more urban hip, <laughs> urban, I hate that word, but uh, sort of hip hop and R&B kind of playlist as well. The fact that you also said hip and didn't finish the half, it's like, <laughs> I've, got, I've got an urban hip playlist as yep. well. Again, very, <laughs> very, very, very cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, friend, what's your attitude to playlists? Because I mean, we, obviously we both love the playlist and I know you like to do kind of the top tracks of artists, shall we say, but what's your, what's your vibe? I still try and pretend that I'm making uh, a mixtape. So I like to So I like to have like, you know, a maximum of like 20 songs and keep it like tight and try and work out like the best of the best. Um, because I've always I think if you get sent like a playlist and it's like a thousand songs, it's like, oh God, right off I can start. And he does pick and choose the songs you know and he skip the rest, I find. So yeah, I've got a lot, a lot of the top 20 of like Bombay Basketball Club, the top 20 of the strokes and the top 20 of et cetera, et cetera. But um, I don't have, I don't do genres. I don't have like an indie, I don't have like a, a getting down on it playlist. Is that what they're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what they said. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely what they said at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just have artists. I have, uh, well, no, I guess I do years. I did a pretty decent 2012 one recently. But yeah, have it yourself, Babs. Um, yeah, I, uh, Bits of both. Like I have genre ones for genres that I don't listen to so much. So I have like a flamenco one and a jazz one where it's like, yeah, I really have to be in the mood, I would say, to listen to those particular genres. I got really obsessed with my 60s and 70s good slash weird playlist because I realized that I knew very little 60s and 70s. Can you give us some examples of who's on that one? It's stuff like Nancy Sinatra and uh, Lee Hazelwood, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Betty Davis, but also, you know, the Human League from the 70s, but also the Cars, but also like lots of kind of um, one hit wonders, like You're the One by Fanny, You're Gonna Miss Me by the 13th Floor Elevator. So, yeah, it kind of I got very obsessed with it because it was just very easy to find recommendations based on songs that I liked. And I just I discovered like a whole other world. I guess the most important playlist for me is my chilled playlist, you know, in, like in, in contrast to your heavy one, because most of the time I want to listen to not chilled music. And, um, but when I do want to listen to music, chilled music, I really do. And that's got like 800 songs on it. So, yeah. 
And I just, yeah, put it on shuffle and off I go. I actually have a chill playlist and it's probably my smallest, but it's because my my partner has a go at me for putting like music on when we're eating that's not chill. So I have to make something that's appropriate for eating too. Uh, eating playlist, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and other and other things, but yeah. And I, oh, sorry, I, I have to say this. I also have a playlist, a collaborative playlist with Kerry Mitchell, your former of guest, um, of which course. is the theme of our podcast um, playlist. Yeah. I mean, of course, I was going to ask you to plug it yeah, at the yeah. end, but you can plug it at the beginning as well. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah, no. So we, we just put a song on each, um, and the songs have to loosely be related in some way, whether it's name or um, lyric or a sound, a genre, a memory, some tenuous reason that has no real bearing six months down the line when we uh, review our choice. Uh, so that's I actually do listen to that place. It's not just for podcast reasons. How many songs uh, at the moment? It's we've just hit the two thousand mark the other day. Nice, um, wow. and that's uh, we started in early twenty twenty. So yeah, that's in two years. Uh, so it's just nice. You kind of hit shuffle on it, go to a random point in the middle, and then then turn the shuffle off and just listen uh, for a while. And, and is that nothing you skip at the moment? Is it all gold? Oh no, I, I personally I put more stuff on there that. I might not like I just think will work mm-hmm. uh Kerry I think he's he <laughs> he also does that by putting stuff that I he doesn't think I'll like just to annoy me um <laughs> or he'll put stuff on that he likes so yeah it's there's especially something that Kerry's put on um some obscure Welsh band from the early to mid noughties <laughs> that he he studied with sounds about Kerry yeah. <laughs> yeah. well no 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 I like his band but like there's many bands that he sort of played with and grew up with that um that are just like, yeah, fine, I'm not going to listen to this right now, though. So. Overrated. But yeah, speaking of bands that you don't like, uh, do you want to explain uh, today's theme and the overrated and underrated act you've picked, Mike? Uh, sure, yeah. So for overrated, I've chosen uh, Royal Blood. And mm-hmm. uh, underrated, I've chosen 80s Matchbox Beeline Disaster. Linked by the theme of Brighton, although Mike did message me being like, uh, by the way, they're from Worthing. So, I mean, for the ease East of Sussex. categorization, <laughs> yeah, for ease of categorization, Brighton part two, but uh, we've already had a best of Sussex episode, Mike, because oh. we, we interviewed producer Ben Hampson, who I don't think has worked with um, with Royal Blood, but he's worked with a lot of bands that, you know, they, they've toured with and, and another producer has worked with with other bands so why have you picked royal blood as your overrated act today mike yeah so i've chosen royal blood because they they get a lot of plaudits they get a lot of radio play and they uh, critically people say because of their it's a it's a bass and not a, not a, a proper guitar and it's really <laughs> uh it's really interesting and creative but it's just the same sound in pretty much every song especially in the early albums and outside that crunching guitar sound that is quite fun lyrically and vocally it's it's very nothingy all the time so i just i don't think they deserve the that sort of i suppose it's hard to say because yes like maybe repetitive music that i don't want to listen to that often is gonna get like radio x or radio one radio play but Mm. um it just it doesn't deserve it doesn't deserve it yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i know what you mean like i think it's a pretty classic overrated case where it's like it's not like they're 
you know, global superstars, mm. but definitely they have similar sounds to other bands and they're much bigger than other similar bands. Yeah. Would you would you agree, Fran? Yeah, I think they're getting three million plays on Spotify a month, which is kind of high. And like the, the headlining festival. So I saw from Headline Victorious last year. So, you know, they are on a on the big stage. I've got a feeling they're kind of popular in America. So yeah, yeah, I mean they yeah. they're mates with uh, now Josh Army. Considering right? a British band being in America. But yeah, I've seen them I saw them live and it was just that like it's, it's impressive for a very short time and after you've seen four or five songs it's like um what else can you offer yeah <laughs> fireworks okay you're yeah. fireworks so like yeah and that's so unfortunately there is that and and a lot of people if are looking at youtube today every other comment is do you know that he's playing a bass guitar <laughs> yes, yes and that's it but yeah but that is fun, fine for the first song, yeah. but on album three, but what else can you bring to the table? Yeah, yeah it's, it's just music. It's just, okay, you, you make it sound like a guitar and it's a bass, great. But what else you like? You And you're doing, I guess it's creative because you've got all these pedals or whatever, but like, it's, it's not like Radiohead. It's just rock music done differently. Um, so I, yeah, I had a similar, so my sort of early introduction to them was I heard them on, probably radio x or xfm as it was then and i thought okay these these, these guys are quite good maybe listen to the album and then i went to glastonbury and was kind of on they were on my list i went to the john pill stage and it was the tent was heaving i was right at the back with um with actually a couple of friends who aren't into any sort of mainstream pop music but had list read the uh read the blurb oh he he he's a bassist and it sounds like a guitar and and they and it's like, oh we're interested in this band i like, oh, really we have similar music takes okay and we were both completely bored after like five minutes because it just yeah it wasn't interesting it was i don't like a live band that sounds like it does on on the record because why would you see a live band you might as well just put the cd on and i think we we left after about 15 minutes because it just did nothing for us it's funny you said that. So um, I saw Paolo Nutini, um last weekend and he did Pence for the Lead in a different version and people were literally going apeshit crazy out of anger that he doesn't play it as that same as a CD. And that's the point. It's like, I think like proper fans of Paolo Nutini don't mind him changing up a little bit. Mm. But there's some people out there they want to hear the CD version and nothing else. Don't yeah. you dare try and try and change anything you've, you've written before. But Babs, we haven't got, come to you yet. What your... What are your thoughts? Well, one band that I kind of compare them with, and I feel very similarly on that, is Arctic Monkeys, who, I mean, I've only seen once and I saw them back in the day, but I they played all their songs exactly like on the album. I was like, really? What, what's what's the point of this? Um, but yeah, I'll come back to Arctic Monkeys in a second. But yeah, I think, as I said, I think it's a pretty classic overrated case where, you know, I don't hate them. I don't wish them ill, but it just mystifies me why they're so big compared to other bands. I knew yeah, it was it was big Spotify numbers, Fran. And it is impressive how big they sound. I haven't seen them live, so I don't know if I uh, if I uh, would would hate them or not. I didn't really find any of their big songs particularly fantastic. So I have one or two songs saved, maybe one or two that are on the on the playlist. But I was just like, oh, you know, they're 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 fine. And uh, yeah, I compare them with Arctic Monkeys because it does remind like I don't really like post-debut album Arctic Monkeys I think they're wildly overrated um but they're just like yeah man but they're just making rock music and interestingly there is a link with Arctic Monkeys because while they were developing the their sound they joined Warner Chapel Music 
which is the same management company as Arctic Monkeys. And in 2013, um, the drummer Matt Helders was seen wearing a royal blood shirt during the Glastonbury set, which I think was was part of it. And I, I think I'm going to get into it more with individual songs. I think it's because they, you know, they had that gimmick and came at a particular time because reading reviews of especially their first album, the way that people talk about them, it's kind of like, oh, they have come at the time to show us how to do rock and roll. And I'm like, well, there's plenty of other people doing that, you know? <laughs> I, so, so I think it's that. I have to mention the Charlie XCX connection because if there is one, uh, I'm going to mention it. So Mike Kerr used to go out with Charlie XCX. And I found out today that um, in her song Party For You, she talks about someone being born on the 19th of June, which is apparently his birthday. So there we go. Interesting pairing there. And uh, I uh, enjoyed his contributions in the Desert Sessions. I don't know if you've heard the latest one, no, but there's no. a song called Crucifier, where he has lead vocal and Jake Shears from Scissor Sisters is uh, doing back. It's, it's, it's a really great song. And yeah, I have many feelings about Josh Lummy now, uh, but at least for Desert Sessions, there's other people there. And it, yeah, it's a really, I, I prefer that Mike Kerr also I thought before before listening to this. So so yeah, I I came in thinking, you know, probably Mike's gonna pick some big songs and I'm not gonna enjoy them very much, but uh, let's see how it goes. Mike, what's your first pick? Uh, first pick is a big song. It's Little Monster. Um, I chose, I think it's one of the first singles. It was probably the first song that I heard. Um, so that's the sort of the introduction to them. Um, and I would have heard it on radio or XF, XFM. And the running theme opens on a crunching guitar, maybe more so than some of the other early singles. And you're like, okay, this is great. And then vocally, it's just devoid of anything interesting. It sounds auto-tuned. It just doesn't... It, and, and, and the guitars get sort of turned down for the verses. So it's like, well, okay, maybe you just want me to... Because our next band, I'm going to speak about how when sometimes the guitars get turned down so you can hear the lyrics. But the lyrics are kind of mm, fine nothing i'm not a lyrics guy like like yourself babs but i i'm all fran yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah there's it's just you know he's just talking about his a girl that he's with who he nicknames little monster by the looks by the sounds of it so yeah what's well, just well, what is it doing and it's this great guitar and then i'm bored straight away i think that like, they are like the modern day acdc I've, I've written that. I've written that. Uh, yeah, they have, my notes. They've, they've got a riff and they will use it. And that's literally, yeah. Although this song sounds a bit like Queen of Stone Age, it's in Mexicola a little bit. And yeah, I, I just remember this being on, on Guitar Hero and looking at Wikipedia, they seem to have a song on every single computer game, which yeah. is kind of a good tactic to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and to get people into it. But um, yeah, it's, this is literally the bog standard song by uh, Roy Blood. And once you've heard this, so far, you've kind of heard everything. This is going to mm. be an interesting chat. <laughs> I think I'm repeating the same phrases again yeah, and again. Yeah. And again. <laughs> it's kind of really hard, but really easy to choose the five songs because I'm going to choose any five because it just doesn't make any <laughs> I difference. actually didn't realize that I knew this song. And the way that I knew this song, I think, was as a bed for several Radio X shows <laughs> that I listened to. So when it came out, I was like, oh, this one. Um, and yeah, for me, it's not particularly overplayed. You know, I haven't lived in the UK since 2012. Maybe that's why. I think Figure It Out and Ten Ton Skeleton are way more overplayed and, and, and way more annoying. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, it didn't blow my mind, but um, I, I did enjoy it. Um, and I enjoyed reading about the, the album. So most of the album was recorded in one take, which is surprising, mm-hmm. I think, when you, when, when you hear that. 
And yeah, I I mentioned that I wanted to talk about reviews of, of this album. And yeah, people were like, for what feels like eons, anyone with more than a passing interest in rock music, proper rock music, has not so quietly been praying for a savior, a homegrown concern who might have a chance of punching through to prove that Britain can still raise help. Like Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Oh yeah, sorry. Their faith is rewarded. Royal blood will save us all. Calm down like really come down and then someone else my enemy said okay it might not revolutionize rock music but it, you know it's uh uh it has a potential to extend the the boundaries of rock <laughs> and then Carrie gibson from the guardian said she compared them to death from above and the vines which i'm like no, no. way 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 better <laughs> bands uh but she said she compared the album's guitar riffs to the sound of jack white drunk at a saloon bar it's heavy and hefty enough to crown them kings of the commercial rock scene but then who is going to stand in their way so I, I thought this was all very telling of like, you know, rock is starting to lose prominence once again. There's this band, it's two people, it's in your face. I th- I think, yeah, that and probably the association with Arctic Monkeys is maybe one of the reasons why they became so And good. like the Arctic Monkeys, we're waiting for a new indie band to come through. And they sort of came yeah. through in like the mid noughties, which was the second wave of like indie music after Britpop. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, they, yeah. they're around Although the right time. It's interesting because I feel like the UK has a bit of a weird relationship with, with noisier rock. You know, obviously Brighton, we've talked about Blood Red Shoes. And I, I think they very much feel that because they have a heavier sound and because they're more influenced by kind of US noise rock bands, that they were more difficult to categorize and, and they're swapping. And I'm like, well, you know, the pure rock sound of Royal Blood is not too far away from that. And yet, it works. As a fan of Queen of the Stone Age and Jack White, who are obviously big influences, I, I thought you'd be more of a fan of Dwarf Blood, or can you not hear it? Well, you have to see how Ooh. this playlist Ooh, develops. Tease me. Uh, so, yeah. so, so, I so Mike, what's your next track? Our next track is Out of the Black, which uh, I think was the first single. And the first, the first few singles all came from an EP. Is it the Out of the Black EP? And then, mm-hmm. and then they were also on the first album, and then the next uh, two were from just from the album and again i mean it, as i was saying it's quite formulaic there's the crunching opening guitars which really gets you like this is this is gonna be awesome and then he's just like how does it feel and like, oh what, what do, do more <laughs> it's it's just it's so much promise in those opening few bars and then then that's just kind of repeated and there's a few jugger jugger bits and it's uh again you're not sure what he's singing about um but there's it's probably about drugs i think um (laughs) marriage he talks about vows in there so maybe it's marriage and again it's just like a really promising song maybe slightly less poppy than little monster but uh and i I don't know was it did it was it sort of released on an ep before they were as sort of big i don't know because i didn't hear it first i think there were on an indie label when the EP came out, then they mm. got reassigned to Warner Brothers for the album. So, yeah, I, I kind of see why it was the first single, but I can also see why it wasn't maybe slight as as commercially successful as the as the later ones. But, um, yeah, it's just so much promise, and then it's just him singing boringly over the quieter versions of his guitar. And I'm calling it a guitar. <laughs> I know it's a bass guitar, but there's still a guitar, so I, I, I'm not going to correct myself every time. <laughs> So yeah, it's no, it's quite a statement um, for a first single. It sounds great, but again, after all, it gets boring. Which is why I discovered the music video today because the music mm. the music video is incredible. <laughs> I was like, it's how absolutely incredible! And neither, and neither Michael yeah. had seen it before. Like, like, yeah, in, like in a world far away from MTV, it's quite bizarre to have a band spending that amount of time on a promotional video. It's 
barely anyone anyone watches but yeah um give out give out watch guys it's far more interesting than the song but uh, yeah it's the same thing again i don't want to keep copying and pasting what i'm gonna say but um yeah although we mentioned drugs i heard um mike Kerr on edison uh, john's podcast how do you cope because he's now completely sober because oh, yeah, he's spiraled down yeah into like a, a drug and alcohol so it's quite surprising after what three or four years the band's been going but he's already hit that point and that people were looking after him because you know most people who are in i guess mid-20s would be embarrassed to say they've got a problem you know mm. because that's kind of like the cliche rock and roll life so i'm surprised yeah that, that he's already come out saying he's got a problem so well done to that mike kerr but um babs what, what are your thoughts well yeah i'll mix it up so uh, this is a song that i knew and liked and saved be- beforehand i really like how it starts and for me it delivers like the riffs are the riffs are plentiful and um i like how it ends in a way that you don't expect i called it like a two-part middle eight I mm-hmm. don't know if that's the correct term, but that's what I'm calling it. And vocally, yeah, it's interesting, Mike, that you say that you don't don't like his vocals. I I, I like his voice, and I thought this one showed a bit more versatility. Like I, I really, especially like the you made a fool out of me and took the skin off my back running. Like you feel it, you feel it uh, in a in a way, and because it's building on that comes after kind of the the first verse where it's kind of gone down and then up and then down. I I quite like it, but again. It's not overplayed for me because I don't listen to Radio X that much, and um, and yeah, I just listen to this one. I want no. This is this is. I think this is a great song. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm not with you on this one. <laughs> What's up next? So I went to the second album. I mean, I, I had to choose two of the singles from the first one. But I thought it's better to sort of spread out to uh, my choices over the other albums. Um, so I went with Lights Out. I think it's the lead single, one of the mm-hmm. big singles mm-hmm. from the second album. It's, it's like similar formula. They haven't experimented too much with the second album. Um, it's just, there's some interesting bits in there, but the verses and the bridge are boring. The chorus is okay. Um, and it, I, I think this, for me, it kind of proves that all oh, that what you're doing with the bass guitar is really interesting. And, but it's, it's limiting because you can't do that much with it because there's four strings. I don't know anything about music, but there's four strings and I'm, still not hearing anything different or interesting in your second two is obviously. this bass a four string bass because yes. there are obviously five and six in, in a video it's four it's four strings although you know ash had three strings and did okay <laughs> did they I not notice that did they not have a guitarist no. as well though yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but three is the lowest amount of strings i've ever seen on a bass guitarist i can't get the song in my head if I think of the band, I instantly hear the chorus to Lights Out. I can't think of the chorus to any other song apart from Lights Out all day. So, although doing some research, this is co-written with their support band. Yeah, I saw that. Based yeah. from, but like, there's two instruments. What is the other guy? What, <laughs> what was he doing? <laughs> what is picking up? Being like, what about this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I like the stuttering chorus, like the did sort of riff. It's maybe for me their best song. Um, again, that part sounds like Jack White a lot. Um, if I had to pick a song off this playlist, I think this is probably them at the best. And there's there's a tiny bit of electronics, I think, as well. They're kind of trying to progress from the first album, but only slightly. But um, yeah, I don't I don't hate it. I thought this was a much cleaner sound, and I kind of liked the scuzz, but. I liked the harmonies and there were parts of the song that I really liked. I actually, it took me a few listens. Fran, you said you had it in your head mm. 
once again, as with many things on this podcast, I can't really remember what it sounds like because I prepared this morning and I listened to it three times, but it's now gone. What really lets it down is the guitar solo mm. um, in it. That really is like, you know, 80s Matchbox. Oh my God. I think they do them so well. Spoiler. Uh, Royal Blood should not do it. But I did by the end like it. You know, I, I, I've i saved it and I will listen to it again. So once again, Mike, <laughs> you're, you're making me like them oh. a bit more than I thought. <laughs> the guitars, there's the bit where it goes, yeah. And it sounds like Bell Bottoms by John Spencer Blues Explosion. You guys Bell know it's that. Yeah. yeah. There's a yeah. drum, there's a uh, exciting drum bit where he uh, where it goes to that wow, wow guitar, as you just said. And it's it's just, you're like, oh, cool guitar solo now. No, it's going to just repeat what yeah. I'm doing. And, go, nah, 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 nah. and it's, it's just like, oh, don't waste a solo. Just don't do a solo if you're just going to repeat what you're doing. Are they stuck yeah. with their formula? Like, would, would people allow them to have, like, you know how Keen sneaked in a Ooh. bass player after a while? <laughs> 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 like, think they would have to at one point, like, bring up it because well, you can't do that forever. Blood Red Shoes as well. well yeah. They sneaked in the, a keyboardist in a if not a bass player another guitar player because yeah, yeah they have, they've got to do something moving forward because it's like mm. how much can you really do i know obviously the white stripes did a lot but you know after a while he's playing piano wasn't he so yeah well i mean the next song mike is from from the latest album yeah right? so this is troubles coming and this is where they try and do something a bit different um it opens uh so the album's called typhoon it's, um and it opens it sounds like a fairly recent franz ferdinand's song is it um and right action i think it's called maybe not mm-hmm. and they're trying to do something different it's, it's more groovy more funky it's poppier than the first albums and i'd say that their sound generally is just sort of fairly generic pop music with crunching guitars um, but this is even poppier because of that but it, it, I think it takes away what makes them who they are. So they're trying to move forward, but then they're taking away their identity and they just sound like a modern indie band that would have a groove sound instead of a crunch sound. Yeah, I, I, I think this is, I think I heard this last year um, live and I thought, okay, they're trying something different. Like it is kind of like Daft Punk rock, isn't that kind of thing? Like it's got more of a groove to it. Yeah. There's more keyboards. It's fucking repetitive, really yeah. repetitive, really repetitive. Um, then I discovered on YouTube that there's a, a K-pop band called Xdina Ex, Heroes or something, and they're fucking huge, and they've covered it. But there's four guys in the band, and their cover seems weaker than Royal Bloods 2. Huh. So, so it, it does <laughs> oh, wow. sound like Royal Blood are able to do something, but... um. Yeah, I, I could easily not hear the song again. Um, yeah, I'm not a fan of greedy royal blood, unfortunately. I love how you went down a K-pop rabbit hole. And you know me, K-pop <laughs> <laughs> Since uh, Reggie came on, this is what's happened. Uh, again, I'm at total odds with you guys. I was like, okay, I had no idea they could sound like this. I wrote that it's been injected with disco and it wrong-footed me. Like, again, it took me a couple of listens. I don't, I don't think it evolves in the way that you expect whereas you know as much as I like out of the black you know okay apart from the the two-part midnight whatever it is like it's a fairly traditional song this this goes off in uh, in lots of different directions and I thought it was a, a great song rock disco and pop in one and a, and a natural evolution of their sound like I think whereas with lights out I'm like okay they have something a bit different but you know there I 
don't like it so much and I especially don't like the guitar solo I think it you're entitled to that incorrect opinion <laughs> <laughs> and what's your final track uh my final track is a song which I don't think they wrote called my Sharona <laughs> I don't think so uh so I just I found this on Spotify it's on a Spotify sessions thing and I just think it it just perfectly sums them up they've got a very fun song that most normal people should love and they've got a very distinct sound royal blood you know when royal blood are playing so you think okay they're going to inject their their identity onto this and it it, it just kind of fails in my opinion it sounds like kind of similar to the original but with the slightly crunchier sound there's, but there's nothing new vocally or musically and there's just it's like they've got no personality i i think i wrote as a band it's like someone's put an algorithm as to what is a great rock band into an ai and and it's like crunching guitars and and auto-tuned vocals is it auto-tuned it just sounds auto-tuned i just he doesn't have enough personality in his voice <laughs> i know you like the bit in lights out but um it just it's just i, I love this song what have they done with it they've done i know that happens a lot with covers but they've they've done they've done nothing with it there's no identity there it's just someone with a slightly heavier guitar playing exactly the way that it was written to be fair it's quite impressive that he can sing and play that at the same time because you know his riffs are pretty intense so being able to sing a different top line i'm always impressed with um but yeah this this came on and i thought you know on spotify like chooses a, a song like the last one you heard I thought, oh, that's weird. Why have a knack attached to my attached to Royal Blood? <laughs> yeah. I thought, hang on. Yeah. But yeah, it's uninspired, mainly because like my favorite part of my Sharona is the guitar solo, which they, which, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which they can't exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> why why would you do that? Like here, here I'm with you. Uh although I okay, I, I would say I there's kind of like an echo in his voice. Mm. He sounds a bit distant. That I liked. Apart from that, what the fuck are they adding to this? Like, really, it's just they're playing it exactly the same. They don't do the best bit. What is the point? So, yeah, that great inclusion for for overrated. Well, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think this is Life Lounge, and Life Lounge to me, yeah. working in H. Well, it's Life, it, life from Spotify. Well, no, but it's also in Life Lounge. Yeah. I Googled, I went on YouTube, ah, and like, okay. like most things, Life Lounge, they're fun to listen to once, and that's it. Yeah. And, you know, like. Unless you're most... the automatic doing your version of um, Gold Digger, which I could <laughs> uh, listen Digger, to. But maybe, yeah, maybe there's like a couple, like, uh, yeah, working in HMV, hearing the fucking Life Lounge see this repeat. There's only maybe literally one or two different ones. Mm. I, I think, like a version by triple j is better. yes oh i gosh. i agree Austra australian yeah. version wins for me but yeah, yeah. um yeah my Sharona is mm. a very uninspired cover unfortunately yeah. so are yeah. we gonna ask the big question perhaps i i think we are fran are they is royal blood overrated oh yes because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you know i like rock music so when i saw them live i was waiting to be like okay i'm gonna get yeah. blown away by what best band in the uk and i was like Oh, is um Noel Rogers on the other stage? And I literally <laughs> I ran off to see Noel Rogers and had a brilliant time. I, da I danced for the last hour, and that's it. You know, they're fine on a soundtrack or played no mm. in a montage. Yeah, great. But I would never sit down and listen to a full album because it's just the same again and again and again and again. So controversial. Oh. I when uh, I think when Mike suggested, it, I was like, yes, absolutely, Royal Blood overrated. Like I don't like their biggest songs. Mike, a lot of the songs that you picked, I really enjoyed. And I, again, I, I can't, it, it, it's difficult because definitely they have so many listens, 
but I really feel like I need to go in and, and explore them some more because I think there is more out there for me. I enjoy his voice. I enjoy the sound. So I'm afraid I can't call them yeah. overrated today. Surprising. I, it, it really, as I was into this playlist, I was like, oh no, I'm enjoying <laughs> this. <laughs> Mike's not going to be happy. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, Mike, but uh, you made, you didn't make a fool out of me. You made a fan out of me. <laughs> did, you, did you write that down beforehand? <laughs> I, I didn't. I literally just thought, oh, oh yeah. Funny bones and like a 10 ton skeleton and I'm going to All stop right. now. <laughs> but unfortunately, two of us said overrated. Yeah, so it's, it's lights good. out for Babs. Hey, Hello, this is a promo for a podcast about a playlist. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Playlist. Yeah, yeah. My name's Mike Lash, former actor, former comedian, former creative, former cool dude. This is Kay Mitchell, former musician, former art student, current cool dude. We've created a playlist, a fucking brilliant playlist. The best playlist ever to the point where we spoke to each other about how good the playlist is and that we wanted to be the people at a party who's putting on the music and only putting on a few seconds of the music before changing the song because everyone loves those guys at a party. That's us. So each week we have a guest and they have to choose one song to define them as a human person. person one song for me mike lash to sing right after and then because mike is not the best person in his family we've incorporated his mum to give her insight into each song which will maybe help the guests to define themselves as a person but really we probably shouldn't get bogged down in the format of the podcast it's really heavily edited so it's not actually that boring it's quite short so i really think you'll like it kerry's kids are home so it's probably the end of this promo it is i was at www.playtheshare.com and available wherever you get your podcasts underrated mike Welcome back to part two. Uh, who have you picked as your underrated act? Eighties Matchbox Beeline Disaster. A mouthful. Yes. Um, or Eighties Matchbox, as it's easier to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I love this band. I I can give you my story of how I fell in love with the band, but um, please, so, please do. I so I, I started going to Reading Festival in like '02, and I I didn't have a, that deeper knowledge of music outside sort of mainstream rock um I was like 17 18 years old but I'd see them like listed because they're such a memorable name I'd see them listed on Carling stages which is like the the new band stages uh never never saw them in my first couple of readings and then I think I just popped in at the very end of the set it's probably the first track we're going to discuss um that they ended on and was just like this is fantastic and then they ended and I was like oh no um, <laughs> shit. <laughs> shit. uh so I I think I went I probably a while later I, w- I went out and bought their second album uh, it's probably the only one that was in HMV and absolutely fell in love with it and I was just kind of my soundtrack to uni because it was one of those albums <laughs> albums that I bought at uni at the same time as the Ordinary Boys first album but we're not here to talk about Ordinary Boys <laughs> no 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 uh, <laughs> go so, away Preston <laughs> so yeah I was <laughs> I was in love with that first, that second album and then and then yeah obviously just uh I went back and bought the first album and loved that and probably love that more now and I've seen them a bunch of times 
and I, yeah some, one of my favorite gigs was their reunion one of their reunion gigs at the electric ballroom which i went with uh, my podcast mate kerry so the first time i saw one song the second time uh, actually with kerry again and a friend from uni we went to the purple turtle and we were faffing about on the tube we're getting there from uxbridge which is the end of the tube line and also for our international listeners the london underground train network um <laughs> and, known as the tube yeah and we arrived there late and you know when you get to a gig and you're not in the right frame of mind and you feel like you've missed out and it just there was something not quite right in, in my enjoyment of it and then i went again with all oh, these with kerry no not all always uh, again um we i know we got tickets to see system of down at brixton academy and had no idea that 80s matchbox were supporting and it was just like whoa it's <laughs> just that is such you, a random booking oh, oh. They, well they've supported quite a lot of big commercial heavier bands um how did the fans rea- react to them i don't remember them not liking them i think we were probably into them a bit more than most pretty but in I, your face like, yeah especially guys screaming lyrics uh so i imagine that would be systems wide yeah yeah and you know when you when you like the support band you go to the front in this sort of mini mosh pit and no one else is paying attention so you just you're just uh, you just uh, notice what's going on around you and you don't realize that there's another three thousand people who don't give a crap (laughs) (laughs) and then i saw them when this third album was out at garage and that was quite new album is a lot on there which I, I don't like the third album as much it is I, I it's grown on me a lot but I haven't chosen any songs from there I already questioned my, my <laughs> yeah. was like, uh, is there yeah, yeah I hope I'm looking forward to discussing this because uh, I have opinions but yeah uh yeah so that was that was great and I I was I remember moshing hard and really enjoying it but that reunion gig at the electric ballroom I was about 30 years old I knew I was old enough to know my moshing limits but young enough to still <laughs> go for it and it was one of the, my favourite gigs of all time. It's absolutely brilliant. So did Guy do anything outrageous? Like I heard rumours that he's got amazing life, but why? What, what what happens at a gig? I mean, it's just, just crowd surfing, really. I mean, I I don't remember anything specific. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure I remember accidentally touching his like balls or something <laughs> i was like what body part is coming yeah you know when, he, when he's like over you and you're just like oh, yeah oh, oh no that that wasn't nice but um for, for either of us it's a social uh, media clip by the way Fran. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because i i know i'm gonna have a, a similar opinion to mike i think fran <laughs> what's your views on the on 80s matchbox so as a an enemy reader back in 2002 they're the kind of bands who would always be like there and obviously they got a striking appearance so he had like tight long black hair really gaunt and obviously the name's bonkers and they came out at the same time as the cooper temple claws who mm-hmm. also had a weird name and a certain image so i kind of feel like it's the same band but on two different drugs <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? like, like the uppers and the downers well, do you know that, so they gave up drugs after their first, so three of them became Buddhist and gave up drugs. So yeah. that's what they have in common with Royal Blood as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so when, when Babs mentions them, I think, right, I know the name, but there must be a reason why I don't know songs. Because I would have tried them out back in the day. So yeah, I listened to the playlist and I knew only one song. Oh, really? from, the play- from the playlist and then when i watched the video oh, okay that's why um because a famous director did it but um yeah so 
yeah, I, I, I knew nothing really about the background. Babs sent me a link to Nevermind Buzzcocks, and I remember the episode as well, but forgot all about it. Oh, I and need that, to rewatch that. And there's also a kind of awkward interview from a Dutch magazine yeah. from 2003 yeah. when I can't tell if they're taking a piss at themselves because they seem a bit dim. Like one of the YouTube comments is like, this is pure Nathan Barley. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Are they- Taking a piss out of stuff. I, I don't know if I don't know the bands. But yeah, for a band with that image and that looking at name, they're so fucking ordinary sort of people, aren't they? Like, yeah. There's no mystique at all. But isn't like, everyone? Like, I used to get disappointed, like, when I saw the horrors interviewed and I thought, well, but they're, they sound normal middle class, but they yeah. look like ghosts. And it's just, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, what, what do you what do you expect them to do? I'm the edges matchbox beeline guy. <laughs> well, I guess there's, there's a few bands who do that. Um, but, um, yeah, and I, I thought it was quite nice that they put on the gig to uh, to buy a, a Brighton football player when they had that that was, really? yeah yeah 2002 when Brighton was we were struggling. They put on a gig to pay for a new player. Oh, Elton oh. John did that for Watford as well. He bought Troy Deeney. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I, yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all. But um, yeah. And then I, I suddenly realised that they also play an important scene in Shaun of the Dead as well. But yeah. that yes. is, that's my, my history of 80s Matchbox Beyond Disaster. So to counter that, honestly, this is one of the bands I've been the most excited to, to talk about. Because uh, I would probably say they're, they're one of my favourite bands, although you know some deep digging on Discogs made me think, actually, maybe I, I don't know them as well as I as I, I do, which is very surprising because they're not my kind of vibe. You know, there's definitely something a bit psychobiddy-ish or gothabiddy, mm. as, as Wikipedia puts it. And <laughs> I saw a YouTube comment, which was like, oh God, the horrors ripped these guys off, uh, which I'm like, oh, of course, like I didn't even think about it because I, I think of them as the same time, but no, they're mm. around before for that. And mm. Mike, I am so jealous that you saw that System of a Down gig because that is like System of a Down or another favorite band of mine. So yeah. I'm like, oh, mind blown um and there's a compilation that they made for that gig so they made the cd compilation which was given out in that gig and you cannot find it online and i think it has songs that aren't anywhere else and i went on I, like again i went i spent a lot of money on discogs yesterday and i was i was trying to find it and it's like three people on the whole of discogs own it anyway i really <laughs> i really kind of geeked out I, I don't know when I got into them. I, I don't know if it was right at the beginning. I don't know whether it was from seeing, you know, the Psychosis Safari video on, on, on music TV, but I, I think their first two albums, especially are perfect. Like uh, there's not one bad song on there. I, I listened through and that's very, very rare for, for me, for any man's. I like their visuals. I quite fancied Guy McKnight and the bassist Sim Garial, who uh, he's he's on the Twenty Two Grand Pods, by the way. I don't know if you know that. So oh. Simran Garial, um, and he, he's quite a sort of grumpy man on social media, uh, sometimes entertaining. And I really like them, despite you know them seemingly on the surface being quite macho assholey. You know, lots. It's like so many songs on Horse of the Dog. It's like fight like a man, be a man, yeah. and you don't know how how much of it is kind of piss taking or not and that yeah it's it's not but just musically i yeah i i absolutely love them and i got to see them at concord 2 in the in 2012 i think because like the electric ballroom gig was sold out so i took the day off work to go and see them in brighton which was great because it was kind of a um a hometown gig uh and yeah i think they have something like 21,000 spotify listens really though and Again, maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, easy comparisons with the horrors, but even that, like, okay, yeah, sure, first album of the horrors, but it's not quite the same. There's mm. there's something else going 
on there. The horrors are kind of a bit more punky, I think. Um, yeah. This band a bit more psychedelic. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah. In that Dutch interview, like he was talking about like, yeah, because their they're influences, they, they sound pretty classic. It's like, yeah, Nirvana, Pixies, blah, blah, blah. But I think they were saying that, yeah, with drugs, like it got a bit more psychedelic-y. And I'm like, yeah, I can hear elements of that. And occasionally there's a weird instrument or, or effect. But, um, you know, with Royal Blood, I was saying that, you know, a lot of their songs wrong-footed me. Like, I think every single Eddie's <laughs> Matchbox song wrong-foots me, apart from maybe, you know, the, the bigger the bigger singles, because they're, they're more melodic. But no, I, I absolutely love this band. I wish they were bigger, and I am looking forward to getting into your playlist, Mike. Awesome. Do you want me to go into the first song? Let's do yes, it. Please. Right. Uh, the first song I've chosen is Mr. Mental. Um, so this song was in Sh- that scene in Shaun of the Dead. So this is, I chose this first um, probably because it's the song that everyone... If anyone knows a song, I'd imagine it would be this if you're not into your sort of dark alternative music. And I didn't. So I was a big Shaun of the Dead fan, but I didn't it didn't sort of register that this was them until quite a few years later. So this was always a song I really enjoyed on the album, but it was only when I either read it or I rewatched Shaun of the Dead. I was like, oh, my God. It's just it, it kind of defines the sound. It's just uh, it's really complex. I mean, comparing it to Royal Blood, they they do so much with in such a short space of time. <laughs> it's such right? a yeah. short, short yeah. space of time, um, and and uh, there's I, I wrote that there's an interesting woohoo backing vocal, which is reminiscent of zombies, which might be why it was chosen for that scene. <laughs> and he does just lots of weird guitar-y things throughout, which just as he said, just kind of throws you off and. Uh, and lyrically, it's uh, do you suffer from mental? <laughs> it's just, it's just that the wording. Oh, I just, I, I, it's just great. Is the lead guitar player the one he left in here? Yeah. Yeah. So he would have left before. Did he leave after the first album or after the second? I, th- I think he, he's in, he's on he's on the second album. Yeah. yeah. I, th- oh. I think he might be like on some songs on the second album, but uh... was well, the third album completely changed because he wasn't on it? Was he the the main guy of the band or? I don't think so because no. um, I think it, I think it was a reasonably collaborative effort, uh, especially because I don't know if you and if you read about this, but it's like yeah, when when they reformed in 2012, 2013, it was with a view to kind of make more music together, but they were like, we just don't have the same music taste anymore, mm. apparently. And there's loads and loads of side projects that I'm gonna I'm gonna come and talk about one of them especially. But yeah, so Fran, you didn't you didn't know this, right? Or you didn't realize this was one of the dead either. I when I heard it, I, I thought I didn't know it, and then when I read scene but oh yeah okay that's 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 something i've seen yeah but yeah i yeah but i i I wouldn't have linked that band to that scene at all um but yeah to me it it sounds like the damned um covering elvis like (laughs) yeah 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 when i watched a documentary he's got an elvis uh poster oh yeah i saw that yeah maybe that is the star it's a bit of a crooner like a dark crooner kind of thing but yeah yeah it's it's not I'm going to keep saying this. It's not really for me, but I I know that if I was in a sweaty Brighton club, I'd enjoy it. I'd enjoy the show. And I think that that's where I need to be for this. I need to be watching them do it live. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I'm sat in a hot, hot, uh, sunny afternoon listening to it, it's not really, you know, it's not the sort of music I can make a salad to. Uh, <laughs> That's a new playlist for you. Music you can make a salad to. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I, yeah. I'm, I, I can listen to it fine. I look, I've listened to it maybe six times today, but I wouldn't go out of my way to put it on. Yeah, I, I will say that I, I think, I think it's a great song. I like the way it's structured. I like the, 
the harmonies and again the weird middle eight with the spooky harmonies that you were talking about and I'd never really again this is what happens when you actually kind of sit down to analyze it thought about his voice because like you Fran I wrote it crooner but mm-hmm. like right on the edge of crooner and parody like electric six which mm, uh, we discussed yeah, yeah. on your podcast like I was like yeah it's a similar thing where you're like you know this band definitely have a sense of humor and that's that's what I liked about them um but yeah it's it's really right on the edge and I think in one of the interviews that I listened to I think Simran was like yeah he just really sounds like sometimes with guy when he's singing it's just coming out of his soul and yeah you see him in the rehearsals and he's really fucking going for it and yeah I kind yeah. of whether he's low or high or being spooky or not I, I I really like it um I think it's a really good choice for a single for this album. I would say it's maybe not one of my favorites from um from this album but again I no, kind me of neither I agree. like every song yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah on the lyrics I really want to talk about them because I thought they're a bit gauche again like you know I, I I was never a fan of 80s matchbox lyrics really but um I had actually heard guys band DSM4 I don't know if either of you kind of heard or, no. or heard but fucking hell right they have a song called scumbag um and so he, he talks about like yeah mental health problems still carry so much stigma uh illness is part of the human condition and the reality of life and death it's not something to be looked down on and i was like okay, this is pretty serious scumbag is about the child sexual abuse that he suffered and uh yeah he literally says being born into a culture of violence and silence i've had to rebuild myself after a necessary breakdown i had after remembering that i'd been abused this coincided with me getting clean and sober even though they were separated both my parents did the best they could despite their own mental health issues in the case of my dad addictions they loved me dearly and never abused me but i experienced long-term sexual abuse from the ages of three to 14 at the hands of another relative and in-laws. And I was like, fucking wow. Like to, you know, I did not expect any statement like this to come from the mad guy with the, you know, the mad looking guy with the, <laughs> with the long hair. Uh, but I'm like, oh, no, okay. You know what? Like, yeah, maybe they are a bit gauche, but clearly it's, you know, he's, that's how he feels. And, and that's how it was. And yeah, that song, uh, you know, it's, it's quite long. Uh, scumbag, but I, I really recommend checking it out. Uh, it, it's more Cynthia's or Fran. It's way more up your street. DSM for a way more up your street than does than he still have the same singing style? Was he chained to? Yeah, no, it is. It is still yeah. the same singing style, but there are since. <laughs> well, I guess it, it explains his primal screams. You know, he's just got yeah. that anger inside yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's impressive though is because I, you know, unlike Mike, I, I, de- I don't think the third album is, is as good as the first two, but I, I think half of it is is as good. And I, I have a playlist which is my top one hundred and five songs, and there are two songs on there. <laughs> Uh, I know because I I could I could <laughs> and I was like oh, do you know I'm gonna expand it into 200 because then I can just add a shit ton more and yeah one of them is uh, is Man for All Seasons from from that third album and uh, yeah I, I I really love it but yeah it kind of it you know I'm obviously sorry for him that he's had to go through this but I'm like oh I'm I'm glad that he's worked through it and uh, it, it makes the misogynist videos and the misogynist looks that they have you know yeah I'm a bit more forgiving of them maybe. <laughs> thinking about it we never stocked any of our albums in my history of working in retail oh, i mean i definitely like mike went out and bought both of them in a record shop because like yeah those yeah. covers were quite weird i would have recognized that easily yeah. so yeah so i don't know were they on a tiny label what was so they had a label called no death records which i think they kind of set up but you know that well is is the second album on spotify for either because it's not for me yeah, it never yeah, has been. yeah. yeah, yeah it's not it's not you know but i well, actually, that CD disappeared. Like, I don't even have the box or the CD, so I've had to order it again. Very 80s matchbox stalker. I don't know. Um, and reading about it, I think, I yeah, I don't know exactly what happened with their first album, but they were signed to either Island or Warner, I think Island. Mm-hmm. And the second album did better than the first one, but it didn't do as well, and then they dropped them. So I was thinking, like, maybe that's why, at least in, in Belgium, it's not available. 
fair enough. So yeah. should we move on to from from next? mental to <laughs> an ad, a synonym for it? <laughs> uh, next song is Psychosis Safari, which um, this is uh, this is one of the, I don't think it's the first single, but it's one of the singles from the first album. It's it's just so complex. It just goes in so many different directions. There's this great vocal distortion on the song and then i love the bit is it about halfway through where it just where he does that effect on his voice where it sounds yeah. like he's singing in a tunnel it's like your heart's in your mouth and it's it's just fantastic and it's it, it, you know so most of their songs it's not very verse chorus verse chorus but this one's like which bits the chorus is it the hearts in your mouth or you're feeling way through the dark or i won't care so that's the bridge <laughs> I, it's it just takes you on a great journey um probably through a drink or drugs trip i guess mm. <laughs> yeah and fran is thinking like yeah maybe i needed to have taken some before listening to this <laughs> <laughs> i recognize the song and the video especially with that car which was that was a yeah, real was car, car yeah they, they bit, had, it's called the gonzo or something like that yeah, yeah. The gonzo. but yeah it, it's it's enjoyable it's like a stomping glam doom sort of glam like doom. feel to it like mm. Glam, Love it. Uh, yeah, it's got that feel. But like again, I put it here the Cooper Temple Claws on a, a different drug. Um, yeah, I, I would say this is the best song on the playlist. Um, is this their most well-known song apart from the one? I, the I would Dead? say so. I think because the music video yeah. is directed by Edgar Wright, so uh, yeah. yeah, as well. Which makes me think, you know, what again? Why were they not more famous when he put them in? So, and again, going back to yeah. the Brighton theme. Uh, he he put uh, "Getting Boring by the Sea" by Blood Red Shoes and Scott Pilgrim, and mm. like it is their most popular song by a mile. And like they're like it's got loads of plays recently, and we don't know why. So you know it had that effect of Blood Red Shoes, but not for eighties Blackbox. I again love this song, Gothabilly sounding pop with riffs. And I wrote, I can't believe they weren't in the Mighty Boosh actually, because they would have been a perfect band. For, I think for the, I saw was it the Mighty Boosh took over something on MTV maybe or XFM and. And they chose, I can't remember what song it is, but they chose an 80s Matchbox song um, to play. Because, And I remember, I think the first time I saw Guy, I thought he's just a less attractive version of um, Noel Fielding. Oh, <laughs> I, I think he's, well, yeah, like Noel Fielding's a bit more, I guess, like perfect, you know, symmetrical. <laughs> yeah. Guy McKnight, he, he reminded me a bit of Richard, Richard Ashcroft, the same kind of cragginess in the face, yeah. but I, I quite like that, so... Even without the hair, uh, I I prefer without the hair than with the moustache and beard that he now has, which I don't like so much. <laughs> a bit like Frank Zappa vibes, n- not so much for me. And yeah, I actually I never knew what he was saying in the chorus, <laughs> so I actually wrote it down because it's like I just go like oh mana ho mana 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 tied up, uh, and I was like oh yeah it's uh, yeah it's 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 quite catchy. Um, but yeah, pro- probably about drugs. I don't care. I think yeah, I think it's great and. Sometimes I have a real issue with music videos, especially when, you know, if if the story they're telling kind of overrides the song, it puts me off because it, I don't know, I I don't I can't pay attention to the music so much. But I think Edgar Wright paces this perfectly. Like it's it's really nice in and out. Put your 3D glasses on. Good job all round, guys. Mike, what is your third pick? My third pick is Rise of the Eagles. So this is so this is the song that i remember hearing on the radio on late night xfm uh more than likely so i think that if we're trying to win new fans of 80s matchbox this is this is the song uh to go with because it's kind of uh chorus verse 
it's a bit more accessible musically it's not quite as complicated but it's it's just really fun a sort of um like a, maybe a pastiche about preparing for death it's just uh it's just a catchy kind of fun song that is maybe a good gateway song into into the band I think it should have got a lot more attention. I mean, I, it's the one I remember from the radio. So I, I'm not much of a music video guy. So maybe if people are watching MTV too, they they knew Psychosis Safari. But um, for me, this was the the sort of the, their radio song. I wouldn't say it's in their like top five. Um, well, my top five or their top five best songs by far. But I think if we're going to state the case that they're underrated, I think this it shows that they can do poppier stuff rather than crazy psychosis mental stuff as well. It's got quite a striking music, music like, video. I love and hate the music video. <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine it being played on MTV2, but yeah, for me, it sounds a bit like the cramps. Um, I can hear the horrors mm. copying this. Um, it's a bit too repetitive for me, maybe. But yeah, I quite like the all dressed up and ready yeah. to go. But yeah, I wouldn't expect this to be a hit, personally. That's interesting, because I've written it's one of the catchiest drum hooks in the biz. Like, <laughs> like it's it's simple, but it's effective. And it's funny that you say it's repetitive. Like, okay, yes, they do say, I want to fly like an eagle a lot of times, but it keeps, it changes so much that for me, uh, for me, it absolutely works. And like you, Fran, that all dressed up and ready to mm. go. It's, it's really funny because, yeah, it's again, it's kind of showcasing their sense of humor. And I think there's some quite complex guitar picking or arpeggiated guitar going on underneath and yeah I really like this but yeah, the other music video which for those of you who haven't seen it yet it's uh they're in America and Guy McKnight is running for president as uh, the president of the disaster party and then it's incredibly male gazy lots of like you know women looking pretty and having fun but I can't help but be charmed so <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this Fran but in one of the breakdown bits where the guitar breaks down and then there's a drum bit uh, Guy McKnight uses a woman's bum as a drum and it's just it just cuts it and I'm like oh that is a bit sexist but it is quite funny like it's just that thing of like you just I just wanted to go both ways like I if I made a music video would want to use a guy's bum as a drum if if we can all do that we'd, I'm sure we'd all be happier but uh I'm sure he yeah I, I'm, I'm sure yeah that's it I'm sure I mean she does seem to be having a good time you hope it's all about yeah. boards but I actually I remember the music video and I only had MTV Europe, so I don't know where I was seeing it. This was obviously pre pre YouTube, so it wasn't radio for me. But I I was definitely aware of it, even though I was probably looking out for it. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised, Fran. As I'm, I'm sure you are, Mike. That yeah, you, you wouldn't think this is a a way in because I, I I I like Mike would have thought this was a much better way in than Psychosis Safari. So we're continuing on an animal theme for the rest of the songs on this playlist. Actually, I've just <laughs> yeah. realised, Mike. So what's what's your next pick? So. This so the last so I've done the first three songs just kind of the the intro songs the the famous songs or the or the the accessible songs the next two are my favorite songs. Fish fingers is I I love a short sharp punky shouty song and this just delivers it brilliantly. Vocally this I don't is it is it not guy singing because. It's co-written by Tom, the drummer, and there's a few songs with co but Tom, but the the vocals, they scratch. I want to fall all over the place. And it reminds me. <laughs> do you remember? There's an actor, a bit '90s London gritty actor, who's in like Lockstock and uh and a few films. I looked up his name. His name's Steve Sweeney. 
I don't know if you have any idea what I'm talking about. He had this kind of scratchy voice and I, I love it on this. And I've seen it live and I've looked up on YouTube and I can't, I, I only see guys singing this in the guy guy's normal um, guy voice. So I don't know if Tom's maybe singing this or guys just doing something with his voice in when recording that he can't do live. Um, but I just, I just love, I, I, it's just silly and I love it. And it's just, and that wow bit is, it's just so much fun. Yeah, the rapel is my favourite word, especially <laughs> on Spotify, going, oh, that's yeah. what you're saying. Thank you very much. <laughs> Although him saying he's the son of God didn't get the same reaction as the Beatles, yeah. I noticed. Too early. Yeah, this is like a it's like a rampage in the mosh pit. I'm sure it's, it goes off where they play this live, I imagine. But yeah, it's produced by Paul Tipler, um, who produced Idleworld and Besebo. Oh, I loved Idleworld. This would be like a, a fun crick mosh and out again but i don't think i'd ever put it on well i think i don't know if you know friend but i think this whole album is 25 minutes long just <laughs> that's 10 songs like it is it is one of the very short ones so how long were the gigs then back in the day well yeah i, I only saw them in 2012 how, how long were yeah. they mike yeah no i've only seen them after two albums so i've never seen unless that lot no no it would have been missing mental so yeah i've only uh, i would have seen them when they had at least 50 minutes of music so <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do they do like improv do they like no. jam for like a while no but they've got lots no, of b-sides and so they, they probably did a lot of b-sides and, and unreleased so this songs. is the thing we actually haven't mentioned it yet just to quickly interject but they have this ep called in the garden oh yeah I have which yeah. Uh, this is the the beautiful thing about having a hotmail account from the mid-2000s still mm-hmm. active i tried to order it on amazon in 2010 uh i found it as, along with scrub season five and <laughs> I think a Franz Ferdinand album or, or something like that, but it clearly didn't arrive because like, as far as I've known, I've never heard it. And yeah, part of the reason why I went on this kind of deep dive was because, yeah, they they have they have albums and they have EPs that have songs that you just, yeah, you're, you don't see them yeah. anywhere. I think they have a lot of material. I want to ask, ask a quick question. So in the research, everyone mentioned that Chicken is the most popular song because of a Nike advert. Well, no, that like unexpectedly and recently. So I, I've got mm. the notes on that as well. In 2012, yeah, it was used, and mm. I mean they, that was obviously they formed in in the early noughties. Um, and I, I think it was probably because of that that they reformed and played those shows and thought about yeah. writing music, but then it just didn't work out. Yeah, Are you guys not a fan of chicken? Yeah, yeah. I love chicken. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, do you know, my comment actually is so uh, so love this album. Don't think there's a bad song, but I think apart from maybe celebrate your mother. Psychosis Safari and Charge Your Guns, I find it really difficult to tell them apart. So I, for example, couldn't tell this song apart from Chicken, because it's such a short album as well. I yeah, very it's often got that listen to similar it. name as well. Like, yeah, so many animals. Yeah. So many <laughs> yeah. animals. I, again, I, I hadn't realised. Uh, but yeah, what a great song. I also wrote best w- w- use of Wapow that I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. And yeah, I, I presume like that it was Guy singing and he was just, yeah, like really, I don't know, someone was squeezing his testicles and he's going he's doing that full set or maybe it is tom i'm i'm not sure because he does he does a lot of scrouch shouty stuff and growly stuff in in most of everything he does and at not one point does he sound like this and maybe the producer just made him sound like that but when he does it live he doesn't doesn't do that so it just makes me think it might not be him but it's yeah it just it's a mystery so we go to the final song. The final song is Puppy Dog Snails from the second album from Royal Society. Um, so this was my, maybe still is, I don't know. It's hard to say, but a lot of listens to the album so many times, it's hard to say what my favourite song is. But I I just adored how silly it was. It's a 
it's a silly story and it's a silly story about like giants and stuff like a, a jack and the beanstalk kind of story and and they do it in they they it's like they're they're reading this story to to his nephew or something and <laughs> and, and doing all the voices what do we do with the puppy dog's tail just it's it's so silly and I don't, they don't do too much musically um, because they're just telling a story and you just want to listen to the story and the vocals and the silly voices. And I just loved it. It was just so much fun. And it's, uh, it's, it's again, it's kind of verse chorusy um, because it's, uh, it's like, I know a lot of their songs are kind of jokey, but it's like, you know, when a band does a, a silly song and it actually does quite well, like, I don't know why I'm pulling this out of the air, but Puddle of Mud when they did She Fucking Hates Me. <laughs> and that was meant to be a joke song that they did between rehearsals. Not the link I thought you would make. <laughs> <laughs> just popped into my head. I'm sure there are others. Yeah, so it, it's just good fun. I I put it on there because it's my favourite. I don't think it's a song that even the... I mean, they do it live, but I don't think it's a song that the, the their fans... I don't know. I don't. I haven't met many of their fans. None of none of the fans that I've chatted to. Oh, you is one of your favorites. Yes. Well, it actually, it actually isn't. But like, okay. uh, but I am. I am. I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't imagine it on top of the pops. Yeah, it's like a twisted nursery rhyme melody sung by a demon. <laughs> I put. I put not an indie banger. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, not unexpected. Was not expecting that sound to come mm. out. So thank you for. It's, it's nice to know that they like to fuck about this is more than bon jovi I've ever wow. done. <laughs> like damning with faint praise there but uh <laughs> yeah yeah i think the second album is maybe the most diverse one mike would you agree like um uh, yeah yeah as you say a lot of the songs on the first i'd I, I say that in the second album a little bit as well but i it's not one of those bands where i, I know the name of each song and i can yeah. say oh that one is uh teammate team meets uh, so I don't even know whether it's teammate or teammate. Um, it's, but I mean, this what this song stands out. But yeah, I think the second album is is it, it goes in lots of different kind of places and sounds. Because yeah, I I think this is their gothiest song. Yeah, right. You know, there's there's a piano in there at the end, which I don't think is really there on uh, on a lot of their other stuff. And the voices are going like this now. Um, and yeah, as I said, I think this is this is a perfect album. But I, if I had to pick my my favorite songs, it would be "Drunk on the Stuff" or "Freud's Black Mark." Mm. Uh, Fran, just to let you know, because you're never going to listen to it. Freud's Black Mark starts with uh, him going guitar, 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 <laughs> guitar. I like to play on my guitar, uh, which I guess is yeah, maybe sounding a bit more um, Monster Munch slash you know the Stranglers going crazy as we've discussed before, but. Ha- you know having to analyze the song I was like yeah definitely they're using different instruments um and the chorus is in a different time sig- I was trying to figure out the time signature and I couldn't I think it's either like 10-4 and then 12-4 I I don't know music nerds right right in because yeah the verses in you know 4-4 pretty simple but what should we do with the puppy the way it goes over and over so again it it wrong fits you and I quite like the whistle and guitar section as well that I don't think yeah, is, I love that. is is anywhere else and mm. I really enjoyed the YouTube comment that said this is like Monty Python summoning a demon <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> did they have like a, a, a big goth um, fan base at all so, like was it indie kids you know, or metal kids I, I like... thought a lot while preparing for this you know Mike the band that you picked is around the same era as the band that your podcast co-host picked McCloskey mm. and I just think it was pre 
it was post grunge pre indie rock explosion i think there was a lot of rock bands especially if they had a heavier sound that were kind of lost in the wilderness like i don't know i feel like yeah. if there were goth people they weren't aping these guys they were aping the classics i i remember sort of asking or maybe playing it to a metalhead friend of mine nearer the time thinking okay you like heavier music you'll love this and he was like oh this is rubbish this is it it, it maybe just doesn't fit in a box yeah. e- mm-hmm. easily so it just has a mishmash of different fans and i mean you know i loved the horace first album yeah, and then too. they went in a totally different direction and it's like i like that direction too but i i think i still think their first album is the best just in terms of like the the biggest like banger ratio every single other album apart from maybe v i don't know like that one uh that one has some some very good songs it's not consistent like the first one was in yeah, clear sound clear image and yeah with with 80s matchbox i feel like they were like that but then some you know and then yeah they came before Harris. fran you mentioned cramps that's a band where i'm like surely i must like these people more than than I do, but yeah, I only know a couple of songs and uh, I haven't gone deeper. Same, so, yeah, yeah the Cramps are the, the, like a sort of band who appear in like the the odd horror soundtrack, yeah. and that's a, that's kind of about it, really. But I guess maybe well, they're, they're not hard enough for Krang, they're not indie enough for Enemy, and they yeah. kind of yeah, like, like I said, they didn't really have a place to uh, to sell their wares, really. And I think sometimes you know because of their name, I'm sure many people dismiss them as like a novelty band, which. In some mm. respects, that you know, they didn't not have that vibe going on. But if you're a, a haughty indie snob, yeah, you're probably not going to go for them. Mm. But yeah, but also they also are the band that people will fucking love because of that difference as mm. well. Now, I'm sure that if you're a fan of, of them, you're not you're, you own everything. This, like honestly, you know? I bought like three different CDs on Discogs yesterday. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like Manson, and there's like part of you know people who like Manson just own. Every single thing they ever did, that's unexpected. It's similar with this band as well, you know. So, asking the question, I think Fran, I, I might hazard a guess at what you're going to say if uh, '80s Matchbox are underrated. You know what? So, I was hoping I would love them because I do like a, 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 an odd indie band. So I was disappointed, but I didn't. I, I, I do apologise. Yeah. I sort of thought, okay, I watched the music videos. I was seeing interviews, but yeah, I, I couldn't find the love. Where was the love? It's not That's with me. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry, but it's for me, yeah, they're still not underrated. They're just, they're, I'm happy they existed and more bands like this should exist. And a lot of them do exist in Brighton, gladly, because they, they embrace the weirdo no. culture. Don't worry, Fran, because the love is is all coming for me from me. <laughs> yeah, one one hundred thousand uh, percent underrated. Thank you, Mike, for for giving me an excuse to really spend a lot of time and money doing the research <laughs> into this band. And yeah, I feel like there's there's so many songs yet to discover, which is quite exciting actually. That's the thing with kind of older bands. It's like yeah, not everything is easily available online, mm. and uh, it is rare in any band even my favorite bands to have one album that i listen to all the way through with no interruptions 80s matchbox have two albums that are like that for me and yeah we didn't really get into the third album like honestly the third album go and listen to it again mike because i think sometimes when you really like a band if they change direction but you're like oh this isn't so much for me and there's yeah there's a few songs there's especially kind of a few quieter songs where i'm like oh Hmm. but there's some really really like yeah man for all seasons ripped in monsieur cuts 
uh, yeah, I, I, I really, I really would, uh, would recommend having a listen again. As, and actually, as long Fran, as you don't ask me to listen to more royal blood, I'm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike was texting me, and he's like, "Oh, this is torture." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we can all conclude that we very much love Brighton, and it was really, I thought it was really fun and kind of sweet to watch them in that weird Dutch interview where they were just going around Brighton being like, "I drink at this pub." <laughs> I like, I mean, like Simran talking about the like. I just find it, yeah, it was always earnest where he's like yes if you do drugs it's like you know it's like you become a nighttime person but then you know we realized they weren't good for you because it's like being on holiday all the time I was like this is very stream of consciousness stuff and um yeah how old are they then as well I mean that interview you know? they were probably early 20s I'd imagine yeah I would guess but I don't it kind of wouldn't surprise me if they were older <laughs> but uh but yeah but yeah I a DSM4 I really recommend checking mm-hmm. out and yeah, there's there's loads of others. So um, I think Simran is in, or he is now kind of primitive ignorant. There's another band called Vile Imbeciles. Great I name. saw Piano Wire. Yes, Piano Wire. Yes, they weren't that. good. I my oh, my friend yeah. was on the bill with them, and I was like, oh great, I get to see. Uh, which it wasn't Andy. Was it Sim? I can't remember who. No. Which one of them? The one that wears a hat. Um, I think that's Simran. Yeah. All right, and. And it was just like they were just doing a bad impression of sort of post-strokes indie. It was, it was, it was very boring. And I, I was just kind of surprised. And it actually makes sense that when they say their their music tastes have gone in different directions. Like, well, this is this doesn't feel like the guy from 80s Matchbox. This just feels like another wannabe indie kid who's maybe 10 years too old to be doing this. Thank you very much for, for coming on. No, thank you. Really nice. And you. what uh, would you like to plug while you're here today? Uh well. I have a podcast about a playlist. I do. It's Tell about a playlist. More. It's called Playlist Yeah. Uh, it's where me and former guest um, Kerry Mitchell, uh, one of my best friends, um, we we created a collaborative playlist where he chooses a song, I choose a song, um, which is now 2,000 tracks deep, but we're about 200 in on the podcast where we invite a guest every every time every episode i'm not gonna say every month we definitely don't record monthly um and and go and and see if they can guess the next track and why we chose it and we we tease them with very small snippets of the song uh and there's lots of silly features where my mum tells us what she thinks about the song and um and i sing one of the songs at the person and and the guest has to choose a song to define them as a person and they're only allowed to listen to that song for the rest of their lives and babs you've been a guest and you've just spent the last hour telling me about so uh songs that you've been listening to recently by 80s matchbox and royal blood so that's you're you've listened to them previously and you're just saying that for the purposes of this episode surely uh of course because all i've been listening to is alana by css which is the song i chose to define myself everything else comes from memory excellent good good i had to check i had to check uh yeah and uh, yeah we just uh it's 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 about music but it's it's more it's more just about silliness to be honest so i've been a guest on on play this year and i had a lot of fun and i got a free t-shirt out of it which was great thank you very much again um, but I think you said at one point, like, yeah, Barbara has a proper music podcast. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, uh, thank you. It's a great compliment. But uh... And has your mum heard uh, 80s Smash Uh No, we haven't had an episode with them, although I'm sure they're actually they're not on the playlist as much as you think um, for two fans of 80s Smash Fox. But um, uh, yeah, if, I love it when we when we add a song to the playlist and realize oh, I haven't we had this band or this song yet. 
so yeah, maybe Ace's Matchbox. Are, yeah, no, they must be on it. But anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 a good laugh. Give it give it a try. Absolutely, yeah, definitely check out my episode of the playlist. Yeah, check out our episode with Kerry talking McCluskey and Manic Street Preachers from the last season. And, and then can you email in and say whose is better of the two oh, episodes? There, there we go. There we go. Start. I love it. We're starting beef, even though we're just guesting on each other's podcasts <laughs> willy nilly. And uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Brighton, we have uh, two episodes in Sussex to check those out as well, guys. Indeed, including um, an interview with Ben Hampson, who's produced uh, a few bands that we've talked about today and uh, is a very nice man. And does the AA Sessions compilation uh, albums, which is still going. So volume three is, is still being released. And I was saying to fan off the record, we need to promote it more on social media. So if we're not, then someone else get in touch. I do very much want to plug it. Fran, anything you'd like to uh, end on? I'm heading down to Brighton next month to see Arkells. So it's been a long time. I've not been to the green room in a long, long, long time. So looking forward to seeing some live music next month and babs i hope you get to see lots of live music as well indeed bye everyone bye guys bye bye so thanks for sticking until the end i hope you agree with me that indeed the 80s matchbox beeline disaster are underrated it's quite funny because they recently you know set up a bunch of social media pages on facebook and instagram and elsewhere and they're re-releasing horse of the dog uh, their first album as a special edition uh, we didn't know that when when we were recording it but yeah we're very hopeful that it means something and that maybe we'll be a bit more of 80s matchbox beeline disaster to see and hear but in the meantime definitely check out dsm4 they're also still releasing music i also wanted to add that um we reached out to paul tipler and he confirmed that it was guy singing on fish fingers so there we go and because uh, we're so well connected and we love to use the social media to reach out to people and if you like to use the social media to reach out to us you can tweet us at OU Music Pod. you can message us on Instagram at over underrated music pod or you can email us over over underrated music pod at gmail.com if you're by the sea have some chips for me and see you next time <laughs>